Hey guys, I'm Heather and I'm the oldest. She's the emotional one. Is it Bruce Dickinson? <laughs> Man, why, the, why? I mean, like, you haven't even read the list. You're like, Heather. <sighs> hey guys, I'm Ben. I'm the middle child. And he's the practical one. What I, what I need you to understand <laughs> is that you have lost all credibility when we get to the cutting stage. Why? Kenny Chesney was your second pick. I'm Beth, and I'm the baby. She's also the swing vote. My picks are great. And and if you don't believe it, just ask me. I won't argue with you because I'm mature. Together, we make the Music List Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Season 2 of the Music List Podcast. We are three siblings that argue while making music <laughs> lists. That's what we do. That's the that's the catch for us. That's our shtick, as it were. <laughs> and uh, we have done some arguing over season one. We want to thank everybody that has tuned in and listened to us, downloaded, shared. Uh, we thank you. Or the podcast is growing, and we want to thank all of you for doing your part. And helping us out, we really, really do appreciate it. We want to go ahead and get that out of the way. If you have an opportunity to find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, please do. Interact with us on those social media pages. We would love to hear from you and message you back and forth a little bit and have a little conversation about music or whatever it is you want to talk about. But we'd love for you to find us on your favorite social media platform. If you do like what you hear, I always uh, would like for you to share uh, the podcast along with some others. And uh, if you have an option for a rating and a review, we would love one of those. Again, thank you for being with us through season one. And we're excited about starting season two. And we decided that we needed to start season two with a bang, with a tough one, with one that could cause some strife within the family. <laughs> and so we have gone with one of the big <clears throat> debate questions. And that's best guitar players. Now, we really felt like we needed to kind of narrow this down to a genre. What we'll probably do is do multiple genres over time. And then once we have all those lists combined, we'll take that list and then try to narrow that down a little bit further. But we decided to stick with the 70s this time. So this was one of the great guitar eras. There are some absolute legends, icons in the guitar world during the 1970s, and this is really subjective. And the criteria of best, and we decided to go with best, not most iconic, not greatest, not most influential, not who sold the most albums. Who's the best? Okay, so that's a tough criteria. What was your criteria in trying to determine who the best guitar players were? I feel like it should be said that none of us are guitarists. So this will be this That's will true. be judged from three people who do not admittedly do not know what it takes to do what these folks are doing. And I think that's important because like we had some we had a little bit of a different perspective when we did like vocalists in the past. Um so I would. I feel like on our behalf, we should, I should say that up front that we just we're not guitarists. You know, people who can strum a couple of chords does not a guitarist make. Right. Um, so there's that. And then also for me, it was difficult because even though we narrowed it down to a genre, we narrowed it down to a decade. 
rock guitarist, I mean, there's blues rock, there's metal, there, you know, rock is still very broad. Um, and so that was tough for me. So I tried to, and it gets broader in the 70s. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried to, gosh, um, I guess I ended up kind of having to go with some of my preference and that just had to factor into it. Um, which I think probably ended up that probably factored into all of our lists. So that will make the cutting and the ranking a little bit more difficult, but um, yeah. So for me, I I like a, I like a melodic guitar solo usually. Um, So for me, a blues rock guitarist kind of takes the cake over a metal guitarist for me. Um, It seems like there's a, a finer touch rather than I can just play really fast, you know? Um, and that'll, I feel like as we get more recent, I feel like the, the shredding will come a little bit later in the decades. There is some element of that in the seventies, but I think that'll become more of an issue as we get more recent, but that's kind of where I was, that was at. Heather? Um, well, I'll have a little bit of a different perspective because, but I'm, you know, granted I was, Young, but I was the only person that was actually alive in the seventies <laughs> at this table. But um, uh, one thing that I did I did take into consideration is that um, even though we aren't even though we aren't guitarists, we are musicians. Yeah, and um, especially. A musician being in a band, it I I think that um, singers um, have a have a unique relationship with a with a lead guitarist. It, it, they're a specific, usually type of personality. Um, the relationship between the two and how they play off of each other um, can be defining for a band and their sound, and so. Um, some of these uh, were in, well, all of them were in bands, but some of these um, are known as much for their solo careers as they are for their band careers. And so um, influence did play in for me if they were game changers. Um, that that did have some bearing on my decision. But, I, you know, like Beth, preference played a played a big part so I guess for me I I was kind of looking at when I when I think of what makes you one of the best guitar players I'm I'm looking for some technical skills I'm looking for I'm a big emotion guy when it comes with any kind of music you know can you make me feel a certain way Mm -hmm. (coughs) and then I'm also looking for your versatility because I think that that says a lot about who you are as a musician. And so I was looking for guys that either they incorporated, now they may be like known for a specific subgenre, but were they able to pull from a lot of other different kinds of music? Mm-hmm. Because to me, that speaks to your musicianship and your creativity. And I love creativity out of a musician. Because uh, a lot of people, you can teach a lot of people how to technically play an instrument. Right. But to be able to 
be creative and create something new? And can you distinctively tell who it is playing, Mm -hmm. who it is that is playing that instrument without knowing in advance who it is? Like there are a number of guys that you know when you hear that guitar solo, you know exactly who it is. And that's easy with a voice because everybody's voice is naturally different. God gave everybody a different voice. Everybody's, you know, vocal cords are shaped different. Their mouth is shaped different. Their jaw is shaped different. So it comes out different. Yeah. A Fender Stratocaster is a Fender Stratocaster. It comes now you may get one custom made. Yeah. You can put in different pedals, you can put in some different effects, but ultimately you're as a guitar player, you are responsible for the tone, you are responsible for the emotion and the feeling and all those things that make you unique. That comes from your, you know, ingenuity mm-hmm. and your passion and and all of those things that go in to the guitar player. So to me, that's really there's there's a lot. I can't I can't say that there's one specific thing that I'm looking for, but I love creativity and I love hearing somebody and knowing exactly who it is because that tells me that nobody really was able to replicate what you have done. Mm-hmm. Because if I know who it is, there's not ten people that came after you that were able to do what you did. And to me, that shows a lot of skill. So that's something that I look for is a distinctness in sound in the guitar player because that tells me that a lot of folks didn't come after you and replicate what you did. So the um, – and that's going to – that really kind of explains my, my first pick. And, and the, the draft order is me, then Beth, then Heather – And I really did not want to draft first this time because I felt like I was going to be able to get my first-round pick last. (coughs) But as it were, I did have to pick first. So it's the luck of the draw. And my first pick, slightly controversial. I figure I know who everybody had one on their list. But I went with Carlos Santana. Mm -hmm. He was on my list. Me too. It's not number one. And this is from Black Magic Woman. You definitely know who it is. Yeah, absolutely. He's just incredibly versatile as a guitar player. I think he very well could be the most versatile player that we list today. Um, maybe or maybe not. He doesn't have to use a lot of distortion or overdrive to muddy the sound because he's so pristine with every note. He can play fast and clean like Eddie Van Halen and Clapton do. Um, he emotes like Page and has like that creativity of Gilmore. And these are guys that I figure at some point today will will mention whether they get drafted or not. I figure that they'll be in the big list that we make. And he's the pioneer of the rock Latino fusion, jazz fusion sound. Um, I don't think anybody's ever done it better than he has. He brought in the blues, rock, jazz, funk, Latin, and even African rhythms into his um into his music 
And he's not going to have the commercial success of a lot of guys on here because, like a lot of folks in the 70s, he went through the spiritual movement in the <laughs> mid-70s. And he really got into, like, not playing stuff that was going to be commercially good for him. Mm-hmm. The songs were way too long. A lot of the songs did not have lyrics. They were all instrumentals. And it was a lot of jazz. Um, mm-hmm. And so... You know, the the list I figure is going to be very almost pure rock heavy. And Santana kind of drifted into really Latino jazz fusion almost exclusively in the mid-70s. But Rolling Stone ranked him number 20 on the greatest guitar players of all time. Ten Grammy Awards. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He sold over 100 million albums. Um, so he's got the commercial success. He's got the accolades. Um, and he showed, we'll, we'll see what happens with, with this list, but there's not going to be many people on the list that have connected with a younger audience the way Santana has. In 1999, he yep. proved that he came back, and he came back big with Supernatural, which is one of the biggest albums of all time. Now, I know that's not the 70s, but it tells you that he can connect with different age groups throughout. Now, a lot of that is there wasn't – I felt like the the guitar virtuosos were starting to wind down by the end of the 90s. And so he comes back onto the scene, and everybody's like, holy cow, <laughs> this is what guitar players can do. Um, but for me, he's just so pristine. Like you can hear every single note. The emotion is there. He can do the bends. He can do the staccato playing. I mean, everything you want in a guitar player, Santana does it at almost a virtuoso level. He's not going to be the hard rocker, and he's not going to maybe shred as much as some of the others that we list today just as far as pure speed, but he has it in his repertoire. Uh, And so for me, I just thought the overall best player of the 70s and the guy that you can point to and say, I know that Santana. When you hear it, you know it's Santana. Nobody sounds like him. That's why I picked Carlos Santana number one. Yeah. All right. I mean, can't argue with any of that. So I do agree. I'll remember that when we start ranking. I can argue with some of that. I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> that I would say. <laughs> I, I, I actually wrote down in my notes one of my other picks that I felt like they were the most versatile guitarist that we might talk about today. So it will be interesting to see who we each of us feel like that is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Beth, you get the second yeah. pick. This is not that person I was talking about that <laughs> I wrote that down about, but my first pick is Jimmy Page. kind of get caught up in just listening to it you know um so jimmy page obviously a riff master Mm -hmm. um um but his style also was you know defined by alternative tunings and these epic solos um he utilized a variety of tones he was experimental um like playing with a cello bow to create a different sound um so he was innovative as well and um you know, 
played a huge part in um, Led Zeppelin becoming that prototype for a rock band. Um, he was... I, I don't know if I want to say the mind, but I, you might, I, I think you could make a case for him being the most important member of that band. I know we've talked about it, and they're all super... Like, they're all at the peak of everything they do. Yeah. But I think without him, that band is not... Oh, it would certainly anything. be a different, yeah, different. And I mean, you could, you could some, you could make that case for each of them, but um, I feel like he's number one in that band. But um, he's been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice with the Yardbirds in '92 and with Led Zeppelin in '95. Um, he's widely considered one of the greatest guitarists by his peers and other guitarists, um, and he can also play the theremin and the hurdy gurdy. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, th- this that speaks to his just musicianship as a whole because those are weird yeah. instruments. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's yeah. a weird guy. He is a weird guy. Yeah. Maybe into the devil. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Outside him. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to say about Jimmy Page, but uh, we have talked about. Him, you know, in our Led Zeppelin episode, I don't feel like we need to rehash everything. And, um, and we are talking best, not necessarily stats. So I'll, I'll shy away from some of that, but you know, like we know how epic he is and the presence that he has as a guitarist in rock music in general. Um, but especially obviously of the seventies. So, um, as, you know, and he can do he can do blues, he can play, you know, hard rock, um, just really can do it all. Anything you throw at him, as evidenced by their saying, "Hey, you can't," was it maybe George Harrison, "You can't, you guys can't, you can't do a ballad." And he says, "Okay, I'm about to do it." <laughs> and then he does it, and it's this beautiful song. Um, so he can do whatever he darn well pleases as a musician, and so um, he's my first pick. And what I like about Jimmy Page is, you know, I mentioned the things that I was looking for is can you create something new? Mm -hmm. And really, Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin created something new. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. I mean, we can, and and there's there's a couple of bands that really kind of were the godfathers of heavy metal, but Led Zeppelin certainly is one of those. And no matter which member you're talking about, they're one of the forefathers of how you play that instrument mm-hmm. in that yeah. genre. Robert Plant is the precursor to every yeah. you know, heavy metal singer ever. Jimmy Page, and, well, there's actually a couple of guitar players. Because, I mean, and we've mentioned this before, you had Led Zeppelin, Steppenwolf, Deep Purple, Black Sabbath. They all kind of come... Together, it's it's weird how they all came together at the same time. I mean, it's like not not one influenced the other. They all came into being, and then metal just took bits and pieces mm-hmm. from each one of them. And then you have metal music kind of just proliferate after that. But there's no doubt that Jimmy Page was as influential, if not more influential, than any other guitarist, at least in the hard rock, heavy metal genre because he created something new which to me was important and page was second on my list 
because he created something new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heather, you get the last pick of the first round. Okay, well, my pick was, is (laughs) Eric Clapton. Uh, He is the only three-time inductee in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, because he's been in every band that's ever existed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. um, so 280 million records. Good choice. Let's listen for a second. Crossroads. Yeah. I had a hard time choosing a song. Um, this is live. Yeah. Um, He's been in the Yardbirds. He was in Cream, Blind Faith, uh, Derek and the Dominoes, um, which, by fun fact, uh, was originally called Eric Clapton and Friends. <laughs> oh, that sounds lame, yeah. doesn't it? And then um, they, somebody else wanted to call it Dell and the Dominoes because Dell was his nickname, and then it merged it with her, his name, and it became Derek and the Dominoes. Ah. Uh, that is a fun fact. It is. Okay, um, that was fun. He uh, played with the Plastic Ono Band. He's performed with everybody. It's probably easier to find a musician that he has not collaborated <laughs> with. Um, maybe Bruce Dickinson and Iron Maiden. I don't know that they've ever... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See how I snuck that in there? Um, so he cites his um, biggest influence as, obviously, Robert Johnson. Um, he played with Muddy Waters, B.B. King... Uh, Buddy Holly. He also cites Buddy Holly as a huge influence. And so you can see how he took that just straight, pure blues and the way he idolized Robert Johnson and meshed that in with his rock sensibilities and and did create a new sound. Um, He is credited with um, originating the cult of the quote, guitar hero, that when they, um, they, they attribute that to Clapton, um, alone. He is also, uh, influential in recording techniques where microphones were placed and how it sounds like the audience is, um, in the room rather than three inches away from the, from the microphone. Um, I was thinking about, you know, what makes him great and it's not that he plays necessarily faster there are a lot of people who can shred a lot faster that he doesn't a lot faster but but there are people that can play faster um but it's his solo was pretty quick yeah i mean his it's but it's his touch and it's his tone and um his integration of blues into rock and making something new his um Influence is undeniable, but um, he's very versatile, and he has very um, singable solos. I mean, um, that's something that I like, and because I'm a singer, I like really kind of singable. Now, granted, you can't just take that crossroads solo and just you know (laughs) try it now. No, I I don't think I will. (laughs) I don't think I will. But um, he. He reminds me a lot of Dave Grohl in the fact that he is very um he he honors the people who came and laid the foundation for him and 
he is also very gracious toward other guitarists and and is quick to give credit where he feels credit is due. He's not um I, I'm I don't I don't know what he's like as a person. I don't know, but he seems um very very gracious toward other players and and the ego. He's he's been through it. Been through it. He's done the drugs. The drugs. He's, he's done the he's drugs. He's on the age. He um he is <laughs> He has experienced personal tragedy. Um, He's not, by the way. That was yeah, an inside joke. Yeah, that was. I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> so anyway, he does not have AIDS. <laughs> oh, my gosh. As far as I know. I get a lawsuit. <laughs> that's, how, that's how the musicalist got sued in season two. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, he said he wanted to start it off with a bang. Yep. Not a lawsuit. Not a lawsuit. <laughs> uh, but... Um, has had um, interesting romantic entanglements, very high profile. Okay, Jada was entangled. Yes, he was okay. entangled. He got entangled with George Harrison's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, married her, as a matter of fact. Um, but um, Cheryl Crow, you know, a lot what? of good. Yes, that's who she wrote my favorite mistake about. Is he not like, yes, 50, 11 years older than her? Uh, yes. Gosh, what's, that, what's that like a hobbit? Fifty eleven. <laughs> <laughs> but one hundred eleventieth birthday. I I think that like Jimmy Page, when someone mentions great guitarists, Eric Clapton's name is going to come up quickly. You know, so yeah. from the technical side, what I love about Clapton is how most people use bends on long notes. Oh yeah, Clapton is able to somehow manage to bend a a, a short note. Still bend it, get off, and get to the next mm-hmm. note. Like we we heard it in the Crossroads mm-hmm. solo. You know that I, I I hesitate to sing it, but <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just that little bit of just that little bend, little yeah. bend in those little notes, and and still have the ability to not only bend it but bend it back, mm-hmm. and then get back to the next note in time is incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. His blues sensibilities are are uh, just his instincts. I don't know that you can. And and I teach have I was that. very fortunate. He came to Little Rock, and I got to see him live. And you know he was he was not a spring chicken. Yeah. <laughs> but man, he was still really really good. Yeah. Second best guitar player I've ever seen live. Who's first? <laughs> You're not going to believe it. Sturgill Simpson. Oh, I saw Sturgill Simpson. Is incredible. With Guns N' Roses. Is incredible. Yeah. Now, that's obviously not 70s. That's a different conversation, but he is, he's legit. But I think Clapton in his prime was probably better than yeah. Sturgill, in, who is in his prime. But um, Clapton also had, had a resurgence, really, in the 90s, a big... Yeah, well, the you know, the... Unplugged album came Unplugged. out, and then he had Tears in Heaven, and then he had um, you know like the My Father's Eyes, mm-hmm. and uh, he which was in a movie. Yeah, some yeah. I can't remember. That's a song he did with Babyface, right? And then he, and then he kind of had a yeah, kind of had know. that a resurgence yeah. there for sure, no doubt. Okay, you get the first pick of the oh, second round. Okay, all right. So my second pick. Is Eddie Van Halen. How very 80s of you. Well. <laughs> yeah, right. But that's not where he started. 
That's not where Van Halen started. This eruption? This is eruption. Which was from what year? I don't know. Hmm. I will I don't Google. Know. He invented, well, he didn't invent, but he perfected. 78, you got it in under the gun. Thank you. The um, two-hand tapping technique. Um, he cites Eric Clapton as a major influence. Um, famous, of course, for always modifying his guitars. Um, and uh, just, uh, you talk about a distinctive tone. Um, and I don't really... I certainly don't understand amps and and everything because that is I bring my microphone up there and plug it in and I'm good to go. But um, so he has you know what is known as the brown sound, not to be confused with the brown, <laughs> the brown note. note. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, apparently, from what I can, my limited understanding is basically where you just mess with all the amps and. You know, and how they're run through certain tubes and all this stuff. And it, it does make for a very distinctive sound. Um, uh, what b- brought him global attention, really, though, in the 80s, it's true, uh, was when he played on uh, Michael Jackson's Beat It. He played the solo for Beat It. Um, but what makes him great... From what he has said, even is an insane amount of practice. <laughs> he, he, you know, he said when other kids were out, you know, messing around with girls and drinking in cars, I was practicing and rebuilding guitars and taking them apart and not, uh, you know, taking out the pickups and the, I don't know, you know, I don't play, but, um, Frank Zappa and Jeff Beck both said that he reinvented guitar playing. And an Eddie Van Halen solo is pretty easy to spot, I think. I think he does have that distinctive sound. And there aren't a whole lot of people who play faster than Eddie. So, um, he, his influence is also undeniable into the 80s and, and those guitar players that... That came along at that point. So. Yeah, I would say that Van Halen as a whole was probably the defining influence for hair bands in the 80s. I mean, they all point to watching, especially those Sunset Strip bands that, mm-hmm. that populated, they all point to seeing Van Halen live, and they all wanted to kind of emulate two guys. The front men wanted to... Be David Lee Roth hmm. and mm-hmm. the guitar player. I that. Because <laughs> he was the best. The best. <laughs> and, and the guitar players were all trying to copy to the best that they could. Right. Uh oh. Fun fact he wanted to be a drummer. Okay. No. <laughs> but <clears throat> the drums, his parents bought him drums. Alex started playing his drums and was much better than he, so he grabbed Alex's guitar and just started huh. playing the guitar. Wow. 
Shades of what could have not been. I know. And actually, about the brown sound, a lot of um, it, it has become known as the brown sound because of the amps and the tubes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's not the same, it's but man, same. it really is just taking me. But he to actually that place says that the br- that the brown sound. He is referring to Alex's drumming because it reminded him the the color brown just reminded him of the earth. And it reminded um his drumming reminded him of hitting on a log and which is brown. And so um, I feel like he could have come that's up with a name than that. It, it was it was kind of taken <laughs> yes. Yes. Um but it was taken and, and made into the sound of his of course, guitars the log and amps instead. Be taken, yeah. Yes, <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yeah, but- you never fail to disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean he was a creative guy. We could have, you know, he could have done. He could have avoided both. Anyway, issues. he was he yeah, he he says that comes from his it, what he envisions when Alex would play drums. Oh, okay. So And you you've mentioned there you, go. you know, his tinkering around with his equipment, his Frankenstrat. The Frankenstrat is yeah. one of the most famous guitars of oh, all time. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and yeah. it's one of those that even if you have not heard the term Frankenstrat, you, you would see, know it. You yeah. see, you know the the paint job, and you know on who it. that you belongs know, to. You know who it belongs to. So yeah, I mean Eddie Van Halen. I mean his, and it holds a cigarette quite nicely. He apparently. is. He is a a. Technical virtuoso that may be unrivaled on the list, yeah. as far mm-hmm. as just being able to hit notes as quickly as possible. I mean, he can play it as fast as somebody plays a piano, mm-hmm. which is yeah. which he also does, which is ridiculous. So we are now to the second pick of the second round, Beth. Okay, my second pick is the person who I said I feel like might be one of the most versatile guitarists we talk about today, and that is Jeff Beck. Another Yardbird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Yeah. yeah. We got us a very blues-heavy list going. So far, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so he has won the Grammy for Best Rock Instrumental Performance six times. And is not, he doesn't have necessarily the commercial success of a lot of the people we'll talk about today. But I think kind of to your point being about Carlos Santana, it's because he went a very experimental route and instrumental music also just, it doesn't connect like music with vocals and stuff like that usually. Um, So I think that's probably part of the reason for that, even though he is an incredible musician. And is masterful at just navigating, um, you know, there's there's something going on back behind him and he can just solo over the top of it mm-hmm. seamlessly. Um, he has a, there's a full concert on YouTube that is really good. I can't remember what it was called, but I sat and watched quite a bit of that. Uh, Joss Stone came out and sang with him. He had different people come out and who, she's amazing by the way. But Have you ever heard nice. his Up to the Mountain with Kelly Clarkson? No. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Amazing. Because he just, he just go back and forth with her. Right. And it's so good. And he's kind of like Clapton. He's played with everyone. Yeah. Um, so he's been called a guitarist's guitarist, which me, to me as a non-guitarist says a lot when other guitarists are recognizing 
your skill and your mastery of the instrument. Um, and he has, whoops. Okay. He's been inducted to the rock and roll hall of fame twice as well. Um, with the Yardbirds in 92 and as a solo artist in 2009. Um, he's played, fun, fun fact, <laughs> uh, he's got a few songs that he played out with Johnny Depp a few times. Um, and as much as I love Johnny Depp, he was the weak link for sure. Um, and might be the weak link with just about anybody when it comes to singing. But um, but this is not about Johnny Depp. So, <laughs> So, um, yeah, Jeff Beck, experimental. He even went through a time where they were trying to create, like, a new style, a new genre. Um, I think they felt like they didn't, they didn't achieve that, but that was their goal for a time. So speaking to that innovative um, and creative um, sense that, that you were talking to about, Ben. Yeah, I'll, Jeff Beck's another one of those guys that you look at their body of work particularly after they leave the Yardbirds. If I was a guitar player, I would want to join the Yardbirds. <laughs> For sure. Oh, yeah. Because you're about to become one of the greatest guitar players of all time. And I felt like Jeff Beck almost felt constrained in the Yardbirds. They were kind of a blues band, and he kind of felt like, yeah. you know, this is what we do. But once he got into the Jeff Beck group and kind of started doing some solo stuff, and he was really the guy that was in charge, he really blossomed. I mean, he was good. I mean, there's no question. He was good when he was in the Yardbirds, but I felt like his personal development as a creative guy just exploded when he was able to leave and kind of start to call the shots in his own group. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, other guitar players, if they start listing off guys, mm -hmm. Jeff Beck's one of the ones that they're going to mention. Yeah. There's no question. And I think as as a as a pure guitar player, I I think he's better than Paige. I think Paige was more creative and instrumental in creating a new genre. Mm -hmm. And he was more powerful. Yeah. There's no question that he had a, a more powerful sound. But I mean you, you can't take anything away from Jeff Beck's technical expertise. And his ability to incorporate so many different things yeah. into into music. So we're going to go to the last pick of round two. This is me, and I went with a heavy metal guy, <laughs> Richie Blackmore of Deep Purple. Yep. about to get with it. One of the precursors to shredding right here. Yep. Here we go. I love this, though. And so here's what's interesting about that is I did not know this. I had to go to my wife, who is a 
graduate of Henderson State. Uh, she's a choir teacher. She has a music degree. That's what's called the circle of fifths chord progression. Yep. Now, as I was doing my research for Richie Blackmore, Richie Blackmore is pretty unique in that you wouldn't think one of the founding fathers of heavy music would be heavy into classical music, but the circle of fists is prominent in the Baroque period, apparently, and so he was heavy into the Baroque period music, and he incorporated a lot of that. So what's interesting is, is I'm playing this for my wife, and she says, that sounds a lot like the ending of Mr. Crowley, Hmm. which I was like, okay. So I went back, and it has almost a virtual chord progression. Who played that? Randy Rhodes. Who does Randy Rhodes cite as his primary influence? Richie Blackmore. So it's not surprising at all that you would see the same kind of of, – playing there and so I, I appreciate Kara's musical expertise because yep. I would not have picked up on a lot of that and knowing that it was Baroque period and all this other kind of stuff but <clears throat> you know he could shred but it was clean mm-hmm. you know you can hear every note um, there's a clear progression in his solos he was versatile in that way um, and Again, I, I I was really confused, and this is how you know that I don't just look at the greatest list because I go to Rolling Stones and <laughs> surprised to see that he is number fifty on Rolling Stones' greatest guitar list, guitarist list. Fifty, number fifty. Now that's of all time, and of course, Rolling Stone is considering things like album sales and the general iconic nature and all that kind of stuff, and. Deep Purple for all of their influence and how good they were. And my God, Deep Purple was mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have the, I guess, the staying power or the staying power in the in the sales department that we see with Led Zeppelin. But here's what I'll say about guys like Jimmy Page and Blackmore. If your lead singer mm-hmm. is Robert <laughs> Plant or Ian Gillen, mm-hmm. You better be pretty good. Yep. Right. Because you will absolutely get outclassed yeah. by the person with the microphone. And that's why, you know, if I'm looking I'm looking at Jimmy Page, I'm looking at Blackmore, I'm looking at some of these guys where there are just dynamite vocals, you better have an A plus guitar player mm-hmm. and Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. had A plus plus guitar players. And so when I look at Richie Blackmore and I look at his not just how good he was, but the influence that he had on metal moving forward into the 70s and into the 80s. I mean, we've heard Eddie Van Halen talk about Led Zeppelin, and mm-hmm. he's mentioned Jimmy Page. He sounds more like Richie Blackmore. Mm-hmm. And so I, whether whether he admits that he was influenced by Richie Blackmore or not, I got a feeling he was heavily yeah. influenced by by Richie Blackmore because there you can almost draw a straight line. It sounds like from Blackmore to EVH. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, of course, you've got the whole you've got the playable riffs that that he's known for. I mean, "Smoke on the Water" <laughs> is one yeah. of the very first guitar riffs 
that guitar players learn. Sure. You know, wah, wah, wah. I mean, it's just what power What a tragedy, chords. though, that wah, they're wah, not wah, wah. I mean, so it's just known for that song. But, I mean, it's, it's not just him. You know, Tony yeah. Iommi is kind of in the same boat. Mm-hmm. A lot mm-hmm. of those, you know, early metal that, you know, they rely on those power chords as the foundation. But then, because that's what people learn. Mm-hmm. And so they become super famous for those. But you don't get into the to the solos where they just show off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had Richie Blackmore as my number two pick for that reason. And so now we go t- to round three. Oh, I got the first pick of round three. Oh, okay. So <clears throat> full disclosure here. Pink Floyd is not my jam. <laughs> um, I think that by and large, they're pretty boring. I don't think that they're really particularly dynamic with the vocals. There's not a lot of pep in the step <laughs> with with Pink Floyd. That said, David Gilmore yeah. Yeah. is quite possibly the greatest storyteller with a guitar. You know, he's not going to like shred you out or play as loud, but he understands storytelling with the instrument. And he can get you from point A to point B and not take away... Because Pink Floyd is always about the message. They're always about the message. And this is comfortably numb. Which is also from the 80s. I think. His influence on guitar players like Slash. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, Pink Floyd is. I mean, eighty-eight. But Pink Floyd is. You know, they're they're probably the greatest prog rock band of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're gonna just put it out there, and well, you can put a lot of different labels on them: art rock, psychedelic little, rock. Little band called Rush that <laughs> might disagree. Well, some some people put Pink Floyd like in the top five bands of all time. Period. Oh yeah, I mean they're Pink Floyd fans are are loyal, very loyal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they've sold over two hundred fifty million albums. You know, he was rated number fourteen on Rolling Stone's greatest guitarist of all time. Fourteen, number fourteen, and he is. Yeah, he's he's again. I don't think he's not gonna he's not gonna wow you. Yeah. But he is going to get you from point A to point B. He's not going to take away from what the song is trying to do. I mean, there's some showing off that goes on with everybody else in this group. Mm-hmm. When they get their guitar solo, yeah, it's here's the spotlight. It's on me. And Gilmore's a little different. Just a, It's not that he's bad. His whole personality is like that. I mean, like yep. when you see interviews with him and everything, he's but just so... You also have to remember, he's also the lead vocalist. And the primary songwriter for Pink Floyd. So for him, what good does it do to put the spotlight on the guitar player? He wants the spotlight on the overall thing, I guess. Yeah, and the and the thing is such a big production. Yeah. You know. So that was my third pick. And I was I was really surprised that he was number fourteen 
overall. Mm-hmm. That's not just the seventies. I mean, Rolling yeah. Stone had him number fourteen overall, which I thought was was that he's cons- was that a list of <clears throat> guitarists of all time in all genres though. So that might factor. He's consistently mentioned like across the board. Sure, but I'm talking about like the list you're looking at. Like when we say we're surprised they're that low. They're that I mean, high. I was surprised he was he was as high as 14. Well, when you say or we may be talking about the same thing, just the opposite. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but like you know, we're talking about specifically rock guitarists. Was that list guitarist? I'm trying to think of the list, and I don't remember. Here's the problem with that list. Whether it is supposed to be all rock guitarists or not, it's going it to be overly was, populated yeah. with sure. guitar players, yeah. with, with rock players. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I remember like Buddy Guy on there, and so there's, and there were some funk guitar players mm-hmm. on there, mm-hmm. but you know how Rolling Stone is. They lump everything that's not country into rock, rock and roll. Yeah. yeah. What you doing? <laughs> I'm trying to drink, take a drink out of a straw. <laughs> okay. So my third pick... <laughs> shut up. <laughs> uh, my third pick is Tony Iommi. Solid choice. Game changer. Yeah. <laughs> Old nine-finger Tony. <laughs> I, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was my fun fact. Oh, Thank you. Just pull the rug uh, out from under. So, a fun fact, which is not really that fun at all. Uh, on his last day of working in a sheet metal factory as a teenager, he lost the tips of his middle and ring fingers of his right hand, was shaped the way that he had to play forever. Um, and uh, he took his essentially disability and made it into kind of a signature sound. Um, so he's been ranked the number one riff lord by Hammer Magazine. So as much as we talk about Jimmy Page and how amazing he was at creating riffs, obviously Black Sabbath comes along at the, around the same time we've talked about. And they have a different sound, but also very recognizable riffs. Um, and people don't really talk about or don't focus on their solos as much. And a lot of people, if you're picking Black Sabbath guitarists, a lot of people would focus on... Randy Rhodes, um, for good reason, but, um, so, but Iommi's guitar playing defined the sound of heavy metal for more than four decades, um, and he's influenced countless thousands of players, um, and is credited as a forerunner of grunge, goth, thrash, you know, where rock, you know, diverges into all different kinds of, um, genres, uh, Brian May of Queen called him the father, the true father of heavy metal, and he's been ranked the greatest heavy metal guitarist of all time. Um, so definitely as far as metal guitarists go, we could probably say he's a Mount Rushmore candidate, I would say. I, metal. That, man. I'm that would be hard. What, that would be hard. I mean, because we, we've put three of what I would consider to be the godfathers of heavy metal music yep. in the list. I mean, a third of our list. Yes. It would be, you know, Paige Blackmore and Naomi. Mm-hmm. Did Randy Rose Black Sabbath? He did, didn't he? He was with Ozzy for sure. He was with yeah. Ozzy forever. But I, I thought he, I thought, um, I only left for a while, right? I thought there were like yes. kind of two eras of, Sabbath. 
I could be wrong. I don't know who was playing in the Dio years. But know. either way. A- anyway. Um, yeah. So, Tony Iommi, this is my third pick. Massively influential. Yes. I am really not looking forward to trying to cut four of these guys. Yeah, and we still have Heather's last pick ahead of us. So, what's your third round pick? Okay. I'll probably have to fight for this one. But it is uh, Dwayne Allman. And he died in like 71 <laughs> at 24. But I'm going to cite the Patsy Klein argument that had he lived, I mean, um, in 2003, oh my God, listen to, let's listen to Whipping Post for just a second. <laughs> Rolling Stone ranked him number two, number two in the 100 greatest guitarists of all time behind Jimmy um, he's known for his slide work um, and he liked major tonalities which made the band sound unique and distinct from other blues based bands um, here's something that that I was thinking about of course you know live at Fillmore East is a huge album, you know, definitely in the conversation for best live album of all time. Um, there's seven tracks on that, and it's a double album. So I, I don't think they make audiences like they used to. I mean, I, I don't think we have the attention span that audiences used to have. To, to let these guys just go off and do their thing. I think you want a song verse, you know, or verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus out. You know, and we got the four-minute rock song. And, um, I mean, I think Whipping Post in on this particular album is like 22 minutes long, something like that. It's the whole, it, it's, it's ridiculously long. Um, uh, his nickname was Sky Dog, and uh, they think that he got that because um, he was, I'm assuming it's the Hey Jude recording session that he did with Wilson Pickett, um, but Wilson Pickett called him Sky Man, and his friends called him Dog, so I think they just got that and put those nicknames together. Um, we've talked about how <laughs> band, I just thought this was an interesting um, I'm glad they stuck with the Allman Brothers band because their first band name was the Allman Joys. Oh, that's bad. And then they they thought about calling themselves Almanac. <laughs> you know, that's actually kind of funny though. Yeah. So, um, if if Dwayne Allman had lived longer than his 24 years um I think that he would have absolutely been iconic and I mean we can't forget Layla I mean he Mm -hmm. Eric Clapton brought him in you know to play on Layla and if you've ever heard his isolated track on that solo I mean it's 
it's stunning. So, um, even though he didn't have a lot of time to be in the game, even just that short time, he's recognized um, by other guitar players as well as the industry as um, as a master, especially the slide. And the Almond Brothers, when you look at their influence on Southern rock, it could have been without the Almond Brothers. Southern rock is a lot more redneck because it's a lot more Leonard Skinner yeah. than it turned out to <laughs> yeah. be. But you could yeah. see that the Almond Brothers kind of dialed that mm. back. Mm. And a lot of the Southern rock bands that came in in the 1970s really resembled the Almond Brothers mm-hmm. more than they did Leonard Skinner. And even more so, you see how the Almond Brothers, and I don't know how Almond Brothers fans are going to take this, how they influenced the country rock groups like, well, Charlie Daniels. Oh, yeah. Hank Jr. You know, you see a lot of them kind of start to fall back to what the Almond Brothers were doing. Even um, Waylon Jennings in the 70s. Yeah. You know, they were, he was, you could tell that there was that Southern rock influence. He was drawing more from, you know, the Almond Brothers than he was from Leonard Skinner. Mm-hmm. Even though Leonard Skinner was probably closer to country than the Almond Brothers. Oh, yeah. Almond Brothers were were so heavily yeah. blues based. So it was it's real interesting to see their influence on and there were some really I'm gonna tell you there's some pretty good country guitar players that probably were influenced by Dwayne Allman. I mean, I'm gonna tell you, Hank Jr. Mm-hmm. can play a guitar like nobody else's. I mean, he is really good. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see some of that influence. I can see it in players like Brad Paisley too. You know, he plays right. a lot of slide and Right. So we have nine now. We're up to nine. Beth, can you tell us who the nine are? Yes. All right. Ben has chosen Carlos Santana, Richie Blackmore, and David Gilmore. Heather chose Eric Clapton, Eddie Van Halen, and Dwayne Allman. And my picks were Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck, and Tony Iommi. Did you have some that did not make it? We can run through those. Oh, that we do need to do that. We do need to do that. So I certainly did. I had um, Joe Walsh was on my Mm. big list. Uh, Obviously, solo. He was in the James Gang, which was great. James Gang was Mm. amazing. He came in and did a pretty good job with a group called the Eagles. Yeah, you know, had had some pretty important (laughs) solos. With them, I, I love the fact that Joe Walsh, who was such a character and is such a character, was able to be as versatile as he was. You know, I mean, I think a lot of times we think about this, you know, Funk 49 stuff with the James Gang, mm-hmm. but then when he comes over and does his stuff with the Eagles, that's a totally different yep. style, but he just knocks it out of the park. Oh, Life in the Fast Lane? Life in the Fast Lane, and then, of course, Hotel California. And, I mean, really, in my opinion, his addition to the Eagles was their biggest improvement that they ever made 
because without Joel Walsh, the Hotel California album is completely different. Right. right. Yeah. You know, they were a southern rock band, mm-hmm. country rock, California, California rock. rock. Yeah. Joe Walsh brings his rock and roll influence, and the Hotel California album is unlike anything they had done before. And it's their most successful studio album. And I think a lot of that was Joe Walsh's influence. Um, So he was one. And then I also had uh, Billy Gibbons of of ZZ Top Mm -hmm. in there. Yeah. You named everybody except um, I had Brian May. He's another one that you, you, like, I would not have thought of, but as I was going back and I was looking at what all the other guitar players were saying, yeah. they were all pointing back to Brian May. Mm-hmm. Like a literal astrophysicist, too. I mean, like, he's crazy. But I so wonder smart. if that's if that's a case of a guy getting overshadowed by somebody else in the band. Can you imagine? I mean. Because, well, let's take point, or Robert Plant would share the spotlight with Jimmy Page. Yeah. Right? Ian Gillen would share the spotlight. Because yeah. Ian Gillen didn't like the spotlight. He would prefer for it to be on somebody else. Yeah. Now, Ozzy liked the spotlight. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's no question. But, yeah. but Ozzy wasn't nearly as good as those two, as far as a vocalist is right, concerned. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't going to like just blow people away. But Freddie Mercury did not like to share the spotlight. He wanted it all the time. <laughs> and so I wonder if that has something to do with the perception of Brian May not being listed with some of these other great guitar players because his front man was really super good, like godly good almost, but then he wouldn't share. I don't. I mean, just from what I've seen of Brian May, he seems to be content to... Pretty subdued. Stand back there and, you know, play and just be good, you know. He doesn't seem like a, a very boisterous yeah. personality, but so good. Such a good writer. I mean. Yeah. And Eddie Van Halen was in the same situation. You know, I mean, you got a guy that doesn't like to give up the spotlight. Yeah, but he wasn't, but was, having, he wasn't having it. <laughs> but was way better than both of the lead singers that he worked with. As yeah, far that's as true. Skill. That's yeah. true. I mean, yeah, there's no question. Eddie Van Halen Not was a better guitar player than David Lee Roth was a vocalist. Than, than sure. either one of them were vocalists. Yeah. Or Sam Hagar. But anyway. Um, I also had Brian May and Angus Young, Pete Townsend, mm-hmm. and Frank Zappa. That was kind of a whack, like kind of an oddball pick, but uh, I do that sometimes. So. <laughs> it be like that. It sometimes. do be like that sometimes. Okay, so now we have our nine picks, and we've got to go from nine to five. Working nine to five. That wasn't very good. Never. It wasn't very good, but... That's my fault. It's better than the last time we tried it. Mm. I tried to tell you, y'all just need to record it out practice. of the gate. No, we, you know, we want it to be organic. <laughs> we need to practice. But sometimes... You practice, Randy. Sometimes organic <laughs> plants don't grow. Well, you know what? We're going to do what we want to do. We're two, <laughs> and you're one. That's true. Okay, so this is going to be tough. Yep. This is going to be tough. I do feel like... Jimmy Page was one or two on everybody's list. He's got to go over, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had Clapton number three. I don't know where (laughs) Beth had Clapton. Six. 
behind Van Halen and Santana. Where did you have Santana? Eight. I think that was a miss. <laughs> well, here's, here's my reasoning for that. I think Santana is immensely talented. I'm not sure how much of Santana's um, sound being so distinct isn't due to his rhythm section. I think you could isolate it. And it would I, still yeah, be I don't know. I've distinct. never been able to do that. So, I mean, it's very hard for me to get away from those Latin rhythms that you hear playing behind Santana's solos. But he wrote for the me. rhythm. But this is a guitarist list. Right, I understand. But, I mean, he wrote the song, so he wrote the meter. What? Do you mean the, the actual percussive instrument? I'm talking about his bass and his drums. Yeah. His rhythm section. Like because he, he used congos and stuff like that. that a lot. <laughs> congos? <laughs> or bongos. The whole jungle. Bongos. <laughs> bongos, not con- bongos. He used bongos. and This is the, uh, the, the, the crustaceous <laughs> period. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> we got to we got to start our bloopers for the season 3 promo. <laughs> so, but he I mean I understand that, but the rhythms were written by him. Yeah, but they weren't played by him on a guitar. I'm just saying I don't know if you isolate his guitar track how much Latin fusion you're going to get. I think his tone, Does that make sense? I think okay. his tone is is as the drummer. I think his tone is unique enough that you would recognize it if you isolated the guitar solo. Maybe I've never been able. I've never. Are you saying you don't? You're not sure he should be in the top five at all. Is that Correct. what you're saying? Oh, <laughs> you had him what number? Five. You had him number five. So we've got one, five, and eight. So let's see. Fourteen divided by three. What? Puts him in the, puts what is the, this? What is happening? Puts him in the top five, right? That's some messed up math. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get there? What? How did you get there? Fourteen. She had him number eight. I had him number one. That's oh nine. you do, oh you plus, a- plus. you're averaging. Yeah. <laughs> the math ain't math. I guess it did math. <laughs> Two five into the top five. Okay, so are well, we tabling okay. that discussion? All right, so I okay. Well, let's did we did we determine Clapton yet? No, we didn't talk about. Okay, him. so I had I had Clapton number three, six, and you you had him number two. two. Sounds like he's probably going in, unless you want to keep your number six. Unless you want to argue strongly for your top five. I mean, I don't. It depends on who else is going. Well, no, it's Clapton. Sorry. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second, then I was like, that's silly. Okay. Where's Eddie? Eddie, I have, I feel a, I have like, a love hate relationship with Eddie. I love Eddie, but I feel like I feel like for the list that we're making, I don't think it's fair to put him in the top five of a seventies list. Even though he was active in the seventies. Well, here's my biggest problem with Eddie Van Halen, and I've and this is. I am not going to be held responsible for what it happens is, if Eddie Van Halen gets l- left off this list. Okay. This list, but if we do so, an '80s list, absolutely. Here's my problem with Eddie Van Halen. My my biggest problem with Eddie Van Halen is 
and y'all are going to hate me for this. I understand that ahead of time. I feel like his guitar playing is completely void of emotion. I think he is a technical master. I think he can hit notes as fast as anybody in the world, but I feel like it is a game to him. It's like Guitar Hero. Like I don't like when I when I hear Clapton, I feel the blues. When I hear Page, I feel the blues come out of it. Right, but we can't make a list of all blues-based guitarists. Okay, when I when I hear Tony Iommi, or if I hear um, well, David Gilmore is okay. I I can hear him tell the story and the emotion of whatever he's trying to play. I feel nothing but speed with Eddie Van Halen. I will say that the the only guitarist in the room agrees with you. Now, I think he is a technical virtuoso. Yeah. But I don't know that I feel anything when I hear him play other than guys really fast and good, hits every note. <laughs> but, but I don't I don't feel I don't it doesn't make my heart do anything other than go, wow, that guy's fast. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, it makes sense. I don't think it's correct, but, it, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, we feel what you feel. I'm not going to... And some of it is just the nature of Van Halen, okay? Panama. Hey, we're going to have a good time in Panama. Running with the devil? Running with the... Hey, we're going to have a good time running with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> right? Hey, hot for teacher. Hey. I, I, this is another... We need video. The... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But is there name a Van Halen song that makes you feel something? Ice Cream Man. Well, get out. <laughs> it's a totally different. It's a totally different mood, feel, everything. You said name okay. one like you were trying to catch me in some. Okay, and then well, I named one right well, off the top of my head. If we're gonna put Santana on the back burner, I would like to put Van Halen on the back okay. burner for now. <laughs> Well, so what do you? What is your beef with Van Halen? I told you. Listen, I love to listen to Van Halen. I like Van Halen songs. They're fun songs, but they're mostly fun because David Lee Roth is fun. Mm. And yet, I know. <laughs> I know, man. That. Anyway, the back and forth out here, I just, I just can't. But okay, so we're tabling both of those, which means up for discussion would be Jeff Beck. He would be next on the list. Yeah, I would okay. also cut Jeff Beck before I would cut Eddie Van Halen. Jeff Beck was eight on my list. He was nine on my list. God, this is going to be hard. Son of a biscuit. Okay. <laughs> Woo! I thought we were about to get the E. <laughs> I mean. You're going to, okay, to the, to the casual listener, a lot of people are going to have a hard time differentiating between Clapton, Beck, Allman. So you, you think know, that so, those three. I'm not saying, but, that's but not they're. A, that's not a good that's argument. argument. That's not a good argument. Clapton. No, I, I, or Allman, if you're trying to cut Beck. Because you're saying they're all three just about the same to the casual listener, but you're trying to cut the one that you didn't pick. That seems weird. 
I'm just saying that the I list is super blues heavy, and to the more educated or it's not, not super, casual list. It's not super blues heavy. Excuse me, I'm Heather, and I'm more educated than all of you. No, I didn't say that. I'm the casual listener. <laughs> all of you out there in podcast land, I'm smarter than you. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think it's super blues heavy. I mean, we've got Jimmy Page, no question. Uh, Clapton, no question. Beck. And Dwayne Allman. Those are the ones that I would consider like our super blues. That's four You can of- make an argument that Jimmy Page is also very blues heavy. I said he Jimmy said Page. Page. In, oh, I didn't hear you. I Sorry. Said Page. I'm going to need you to be present. I mean, but. I'm going to need you to shut up. That's <laughs> what I'm going to need no, you to do. I have a microphone and I will not. But you could also say that it's semi heavy on heavy metal. Yeah. Page, Gilmore, Black, uh, not Gilmore, Blackmore, and Iomi. So, I mean, it's not like it's like a whole lot more blues heavy than, say, metal heavy or like Godfathers of metal heavy anyway. And then Van Halen would is kind of in that hard rock. But he metal. is unlike any of those other guys. Yeah, he's emotionless. I don't think he's emotionless at all. But, I mean, you do. I get, I get that you yeah. do, but I don't agree. Hmm. I mean, because some people, he is revered by many. So there are a lot of people that would disagree with you. I think that he is a, um, I think if you're a guitar player and you want to learn how to play the guitar, he would be, he's kind of like Tom Glavin is for pitching. We don't do sports here. Okay. Well, what I'm saying is, is he is fundamentally perfect. Okay. But. If I was going to pick one pitcher to be like, Tom Glavin's not in my top whatever. I would rather be Nolan Ryan. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't I I don't agree that his that his playing is all technical. I don't think that's that's his biggest strength. I do. Okay. <laughs> What's his All biggest right. strength? I think that his innovative. See, look, look. I just wanted to know. Look at this. I just wanted look, to. I know. wish you could see, listeners. <laughs> oh yeah, all the people you just called stupid. Yeah. I did not call them stupid. I just said the casual, less smart than you. No, I didn't say. Oh my okay. god, well, I is, did not say that. It, it is a legitimate question. What is Eddie Van Halen's biggest? You're number one. <laughs> I would say it's I would say it's the precision the precision of his speed to be able to hit notes. I'd say that's his number one quality. I would his say his his tone. Oh, the brown his, note. It, oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, talking to me. <laughs> Sorry. Like, it's very clean. He has a very clean sound. I don't think he has a clean sound at all. It's distorted, and he does all of this stuff with his effects chain and everything. I don't think it's. I don't think it's clean at all. His his playing, his actual technique on the fretboard is clean. But then he comes out with this completely different and innovative and distinct tone. And the fact that he's, you know, taking all of this technology and switching it around and rebuilding. And I think that you add that with 
his virtuoso playing, it elevates him to a different level. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. That's right. <laughs> okay, so... So we're also tabling it. <laughs> we can table so, everybody. So Van Halen and Santana are currently in in the holding room. Okay. Let's go to the... And what about... Oh, Jeff Beck. Oh, we, she didn't we never, like it because it was the same as hers, but... Worse, I, but not I, as good. I had Beck seven. Uh, he's not as good as Clapton, and he's not as good as Almond. You're big mad right now, and I just want it to be known. <laughs> oh, I like everybody. Hello, pot. Everybody I'm was kettle. dogging me on the last season, but sometimes it ain't me. <laughs> where, where did you have Beck? Dead last. Nine. Number nine. Number nine. I've been doing this wrong the whole time. I've been coming with ten. <laughs> Since we started this thing. Well, how about that? What a revelation. So, um, All right. Well, let's anyway. go. Okay. What about Blackmore of Deep Purple? Where are we on Blackmore? He's good. <laughs> like I, don't, I don't have much of a... Was he on your list at all? Uh, At one... Yes. Uh, yes, at some point he was. Yes. He was. He, he was. Wa- what number was he? I've got... I've, I rearranged my list so many times. Now I don't remember. What, eight? Eight. Was he on your list at all? No. No. Whew. All right. Well, next would be David Gilmore. Where was he on... He was on Seven. my list. He was actually number five on my list. Was he on your list? He was on my big list, but didn't make my top. Kisses. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope you're in for an all-nighter. <laughs> yeah, we need to wrap this bad boy up. Okay. Um, just to see where we are with Tony Iommi. He was not on my, not on my list. Not on my list, but I I really like to pick. Dwayne Allman wasn't on my pick either. Wasn't on my list. Nor mine. Well, you know whose list he was on? Rolling Stone. Of the greatest guitarists of all time right behind Jimi Hendrix. That's. Okay. That's a list he was on. But we've talked about how Rolling Stone is kind of whack. Yeah, he's number two of the hundred greatest because guitarists it, of you're, all You're cool with time. that because it benefits you. But I think, if we're going to be honest, Dwayne Allman was not the second greatest guitar player of all time. Who is? Not, not Dwayne Allman. No, but who is? Well, I mean, I think we could, I, I think we could safely say that he's not Jimmy Page. And we could safely say that he's not Eric Clapton. He's not um, Stevie Ray. He's not um, Jimi Hendrix. You heard of that guy, Jimi Hendrix? He was pretty good. He was on the number list. One, he was number one. one. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, goodness gracious. I don't know that he would be. I would, I would have been really shocked that he was like in the top 10 to 15. But again, I was really shocked to see that Blackmore was number 50. Yeah. So... I don't put a lot of stock in that particular list. But if he'd have been ranked higher, if my guy would have been ranked higher. Yeah, 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 yeah. If he'd been like number three or number five, he'd have been like, well, this list is Okay, so I feel like the only two we have right now are Paige and Clapton. (laughs) And so I would be content at this point to put Santana, (laughs) and despite my 
reservations. I understand that I may be in the minority about Eddie Van Halen because maybe it's just a personal preference thing. I'm willing. Are you really? Because I wouldn't put him on a 70s list. You know, Technically, sure, they released music in the 70s. The question, like, my criteria, because he was on my list. He Eddie was Van on Halen my was list, on too. My list. Um, how, when, when was Van Halen, when did, what, what was their career path or whatever? Like, when was their debut album? They were seventy-eight. So we got three. No, we got two years. Seventy-eight, seventy-nine. That's all we had in the seventies. So they had two albums in the. If I can get Santana in, I'll let Van Halen in. What? (laughs) What is this? Let's make a deal. Are you? You're the (laughs) you're the gatekeeper. I mean, I had Santana number one, and if we average out all the scores, he comes in at like three point something. You realize I would have voted with you on Van Halen. Well, so that seems a weird deal to make it, when you could have gotten your way on both points. I, well, here's 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 kind of my my dilemma. My dilemma is is I feel like we are so far apart on getting anybody in. But I would have agreed with you on both points. So you would have gotten two out of three on both, on both of your picks. Okay, then let's to put just, in and put in then, and not put in. Then just Carlos Santana in the top five. Can we just get Carlos Santana in the top five? I would put him there. I did okay. put him there. Yeah. Heather, are you okay with putting no, Santana in the I'm top? No, I'm not putting okay with putting Santana in the top okay. five. Well, I already wrote it down. Those of you who are in favor of oh, Santana. That's, that's what we're doing now. Apparently, <laughs> okay. two out of three. That's this. Oh, that's the show. Lord. Okay. okay. And not putting Eddie Van Halen in. Right. Oh, I, y'all I, are on. I didn't know I could for sure get crap. best until afterwards. Well, so I literally told you like three times. I'm taking. I'm taking. I'm taking. I knew I could not get Van Halen in, but I didn't know that you were good on Santana going in. Yeah. Okay. Great. So now we have three in. We need two more. Don't care. This list is broken. Y'all go ahead and finish it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so we're doing that. Don't start season two that way. <laughs> Don't start season two that way. At least when I didn't get my way, I stayed and fought it out. But <laughs> All right, is, that what, is that what we're going to do now? Yeah, that's the idea of the show. We argue while making music. Mm-hmm. That's how we. Uh, that's right. That's the shtick. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would uh, let, me, let me look at my list. I don't. Who's man, list? I don't know. Blackmore, Gilmore, Allman, Beck, Iomi. Hmm. You didn't have Blackmore on your list at all. You had him real late. No, I had Gilmore late. I didn't. Or, or Gil, I, I mean, I had Gilmore bl- on my Blackmore. big list. No, I didn't have Blackmore at all. But you had where? Where did you have Gilmore? I had him on my big list, but he didn't but not, make my r- not your top not nine my or ranked. Ten. No. Did you, did you have seven. Gilmore, number seven? 
So here's here's a secret that I don't want to tell. I had Van Halen in my top five. <laughs> <laughs> but is that is that what we're doing though? We can't, uh, we we don't reserve the right to change our minds based on what's brought forward from other people. Because I also had him in my top five, <laughs> <laughs> and that's really good. Y'all so suck. But like- I I thought I was like no I don't think. I don't think that'll be a big issue because I don't really think he should be on a 70s list, but I really like him. But now it's a big issue. <laughs> well, here, here's, here's, here's why I would, I would say it's okay because, like, with Dwayne Allman, who I don't, to me, is not a top five guitar player in the 70s, regardless. But with him, for him to be eligible in any genre it has to be we would, the 70s we would have to pick the 60s or the 70s because he mm-hmm. was only active for three years right so i would pick the one with the most years active which would be the 70s which was only two years van halen was only active two years in the 70s also but he had it but you don't have to pick you don't have to make that choice with eddie van halen but i'm saying if two years is going to be enough for Dwayne allman Because you have to. Well, you don't have to. You could just say, ah, two years is not enough. Sorry you died. We could do that. I guess you could. But I would like to have some leniency later on in case somebody else. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. I mean, in case whatever do, you want to do. I mean, y'all are two. So, I mean, because we all had Eddie Van Halen in the top five. And we've had some pretty good podcast fodder over Eddie Van Halen. And I still believe everything that I said about him being emotionless. Guitar player. So since we're talking about best, we are talking about best. Even though you say that. And over the rest of these people on the list that are still available. When you call him void of emotion. Mm -hmm. You're going to put him on the best. I'm just asking. I'm. It's whatever to me. Well, I mean, no. Now I've talked myself into thinking like Richie Blackmore should be above him. Jeez. But he's so far down on y'all's list, it's, he's never going to rise to the top five. Well, that didn't stop you with Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was a... That is the greatest moment in the history <laughs> of our podcast. He came out of nowhere into the top five. <laughs> we've, learned, was, we've learned a lot from that this was season. Glorious. <laughs> yeah. Glorious how that happened. But I think we can agree that how that happened was awesome. Messed up. How was it messed up? And ended badly. But no, it didn't. Anyway, go back and listen to that one, Greatest Frontman <laughs> in Rock, uh, from season one. So anyway, we, we get to, is, is there any way that Richie Blackmore is going to get into y'all's top five? Not out of this group, no. Okay. So, you know, that's a, that's a step for Van Halen to make. So then as we look at the others that are on the list, we've got... Uh, I've lost my list. Okay, so we've got Jeff Beck. 
Is there any way Jeff Beck can get into the top five for you? No, he's dead last on my list. So we can't get Jeff Beck in. Well, there's no way for you to put him in, is what you're saying. Well, she's saying there's no way. Well, right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Okay. I, I could possibly talk myself into getting Jeff Beck into the top five if we're going to have so many that cannot otherwise make it. Somebody's got to make the top five. <laughs> so, how, did we. By did God. We, did we for sure put Eddie Van Halen over? Did you make that call? I, I would say I would say yes. I mean, otherwise we're never going to get a top five. We're going to be arguing over... Well, I guess we could. We could be, not be negotiating with terrorists, but we're gonna We're going to be chasing ghosts. <laughs> all right, we have one more And it makes sense. I spot. mean, we all had Eddie Van Halen in the top five. <laughs> so... We're we're really down to like. Gosh, is there anybody like I, I would I would definitely take Almond off the list. I just don't think he's in the same class. That's my opinion. Yikes! Okay. Um. And so that leaves us with Beck Blackmore. No. Gilmore. Or Gilmore. Cause, oh, because we've said that Blackmore cannot possibly get in. So that's Beck or Gilmore. Or Iomi. Or Iomi. Heather, do you have a preference of those three? Gilmore was highest on my list of those. Let's see. What my... Because... My overall list. Let me look. I had Gilmore at six, Beck at eight, and who's the other one? Iomi. Oh, Iomi wasn't on my list. So Gilmore was the highest for me, too. Well, obviously, he's your pick. Yeah, but I mean, like, like Beck was. Chosen, yeah, but and I had Beck on my list, but like it was possible that Beck was higher on my list, but you selected him before mm, I had a chance. I see. But of the ones that were that were listed, Gilmore was the highest. He was he was number six for me. Okay, well that's our five. Yuck. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. All right. So here are our top five. Jimmy Page, Eric Clapton, Carlos Santana, Eddie Van Halen, and David Gilmore. Can we agree that Van Halen is five? No. I mean, if you're going to put him on the list, no, I wouldn't say. I would say he's four. I would say four and five are, are for me, are good. So I have a a feeling that I'm going to be alone in putting Santana number one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mike could put him number two. Who are you wanting to Oh, put my God. They're sitting, I wish you could see Paige. them sitting there looking at each other Paige. and making a deal. No, I'm just saying that's my opinion. I mean, I can understand Paige being number one. 
So I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, and, I, like, I meant to I, say it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> so, so, Jesus. so, Paige Santana Clapton. <laughs> uh, are you serious? Are you serious right now? Yes, Clark. I'm <laughs> oh my god. Uh, hmm. That is so messed up. I just like I like Santana better. Okay, sounds good. All in favor of putting Santana number two, raise your hand. <laughs> okay, I think we have a top five. All right. Wow, this is a fun uh, ambient noise thing we got going on. Okay. So that's it. Okay. <laughs> Our final ranking, best rock guitarist of the 70s. Jimmy Page, Carlos Santana, Eric Clapton, Eddie Van Halen, David Gilmore. Not perfect. But no. I think uh, under, <laughs> not even close. Under the circumstances, I think we may do with with uh, the arguments that we had. That was a really good argumentative <laughs> episode to start season two, and the longest podcast we've probably Great. ever had. Great. So, on that note, again, please like, share, find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. There's some Billy Gibbons. Billy Gibbons right there. Ha 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 ha. We'll <laughs> see you in two weeks. And you know what I'm talking about. Just let me know if you wanna go to that home out on the range. They got a lot of nice girls. joining us on the music list podcast be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode she almost had it <laughs> <laughs>